everybody, and welcome back to the five-minute TV show review. Whoa. The show where if I go over five minutes, I owe each and every single one of you a free chocolate frog. I'm your host, Jacob Cogshaw, and today we're looking at the TV show Fleabag Season 1. I touched a colleague's breast more than once. At a party, I... They asked me to go on a workshop to... I'm just a very... disappointing man. I hope everybody is having such a great week. This week, it is a little freaking hot up in here in Chicago. Like, what the hell's going on? But it's supposed to get nice and nippy here, like in the 30s, which, you know, whatever. It's fine. Okay. Today, we're looking at Fleabag Season 1. I know I'm, like, really fucking behind the train on this one. Never watched Fleabag before, and I thought it would be time to look into it. And, oh boy, let me tell you, is it absolutely stellar. My god, it is amazing. We're looking at season one today. I'd like to make uh, another one of these for season two. So uh, here we go. Without further ado, let the five-minute TV show review start now. Camera speed. Now, here is a motion picture film. A thousand feet, 16,000 separate photographs. Let's tidy up this tangle of film by putting it on a reel. Okay, yeah, okay, here we are. We're in it. Basically, I'm just going to talk a lot about the writing and acting, I think, in this thing, mostly. Just because, I mean, there's great cinematography and everything, but it definitely takes a backseat to the writing and acting magic of this show. I'm just going to say it now, and strictly speaking from this show and seeing uh, the play as well, I think Phoebe Waller-Bridge is like one of the best writers of our time. I mean, the way that this show progresses and, and hooks you in and makes you feel deeply about these characters while keeping this absolutely hysterical, hysterical tone throughout every single episode, even when it gets really dark and, and emotional. That is the mark of a genius in writing. I constantly find myself laughing and crying almost simultaneously throughout this show, and I believe that is the highest expression of the magic that is film and TV. Coming into the show, I wasn't fully sure how I would respond, just because I knew that it's a show about being a woman in the modern world and women's sexuality and, and what it means to be a woman and all of that type of stuff. But there's so much more thematic elements than just those things that I personally connected to, which I wasn't expecting. Some of my favorite moments to do with the writing are with the man who denies her loan in the first episode. All the characters, most of the characters don't have real names, by the way, so that's why I'm like referring to them as not their character names. But the way that Phoebe wrote his character is totally unexpected, moving, hopeful, sad, and beautiful. She writes this man as a character which in modern days we probably would not have a whole lot of empathy for, rightly so. However, she writes him in such a human, empathetic way that, that portrays this 
hopeful view of human nature that shows that we as people have the ability to change for good. I've talked to a few of my friends about this show, and some of them actually stopped watching it or watched the first episode or whatever, and I understand why that is, mostly because it kind of starts out as almost a strict comedy, but as the show progresses, it really integrates this comedy with really hard-hitting, impactful themes that are extremely sad. So I'm saying don't give up on the show after the first, the first, the first few episodes. Speaking first about the acting of Phoebe Waller-Bridge, yeah, it's amazing. She wrote the show. It's so personal to her that she is the only person in the world that could play this role authentically. She not only won a Golden Globe for the entire show, Best Television Series, but she also won Best Actress as well. She talks directly to us or gives like the camera a look a lot of the time during the show, which really adds just a another element to the show that makes it unique. This sort of audience being in on the story as well is really a useful tool, especially in the world of Fleabag that she has created. Okay, moving on from the acting of Phoebe, Cyan Clifford as well as her sister Claire is amazing, and I won't spoil anything, but in season two, she's really able to change her character in a way that really shows that, damn, this girl's got range. And just the way it's written and the way they portray their sister dynamic is mwah, just amazing. And oh yeah, Olivia Coleman is in this show, and that's all I need to say about that. One of the best actors of the 21st century. And Hugh Dennis as the bank manager guy whom I mentioned before. He absolutely kills it as well. And God, he has this one monologue, which I will probably play as the little clip um, when I play in these episodes. That is just killer. He does such a great job acting the hell out of that monologue. Okay, I'm running out of time, but... I want to just mention something really quickly about the runtime of this. It's so short. It's 23 to 28 minutes per episode, and I think that is fucking amazing. Please bring back short television programs. Yeah, the show is amazing. Whatever. You know what I'm going to give it. 10 out of 10 for season one of Fleabag. Woo! Yeah, I mean, to summarize, I think Fleabag just takes a hold of the medium of TV and really exemplifies what a good TV show is and should be. So, I'm gonna give our Star of the Movie to Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I mean, like, what am I gonna do with my life if I don't pick her? I mean, it's the only option. She is the heart and soul of this show, and the only reason, the only reason why the show is as good as it is. Well, not the only reason, but she created the show and stars in the show, so yeah, she's the main reason. Instead of doing what I normally do at this point in the show and read what type of movies are coming out in the week, I would like to talk about some TV shows that are coming up in the not-too-far-off future, and share some of my excitement with you guys. If this is where I leave you, thank you so much for joining in. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of other TV shows that will surprise me that I'm not 
I don't know of right at this point in time, but uh, I do know of the Penguin series that's supposed to be coming out to Max. And, oh boy, I'm excited. I loved the Batman so much. It is my favorite superhero movie ever. And in my opinion, it's not even close to like two or three. Like, miles ahead of any other superhero movie I've ever seen. And I don't say that lightly. I personally think that movie will be extremely influential and people will study that movie 20 years from now. So yeah, I'm fucking excited for The Penguin. Colin Farrell, he fucking killed it and was weirdly hilarious in The Batman. And so I'm just really interested and captivated by his character and where the writers of the Penguin TV show will take him. The next TV show is season two of Julia, which is a show that I actually have never seen, but has one that I've always been like, oh, I'm going to watch it next. That's what I'm going to watch. So before season two comes out, I would love to see it. Julia Childs was just such a amazing person uh, who has a really interesting life. And, you know, there's been a lot of content made about her. And I'm I'm always want to eat it up. So I'm just excited for season two of that and where they'll take that story. And I'm excited to watch season one because I need to do that. And I've just heard wonderful things about the show. I've been so disappointed with Star Wars and especially Star Wars TV shows recently. I'm a big fan of, of Star Wars and even the sequels. I said it. They're better than the prequels. They're actually pretty fucking good. Fight me. Fight me. But I'm actually really looking forward to Star Wars Skeleton Crew. I think this has the ability to reignite the franchise, hopefully. I think it has the potential to reinvent the franchise and start new. I think a lot of the recent Star Wars content that's been coming out has just been kind of fluff with the only goal is to make money and capitalize off the IP of Star Wars. But it seems like this show has the ability to create a story that is separate from all the other bullsh and really just focus on a story. Because that's what people fell in love with Star Wars in the 80s. The story. So I'm just hoping that that the story really takes top priority with Skeleton Crew and there's no fucking cameos. I don't need any more cameos. I don't need to see Luke Skywalker for the 18th quantrillionth time. And the final show that I'd like to talk about is the Frasier reboot. Frasier is like a total comfort show of mine. And I hope that they can reignite that show. I mean, does it need a reboot? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. But will I be watching it? Yeah, I will. Frasier is such a smartly written show um, that was a fucking product of its time. So I don't know how they're going to integrate this into modern times, whatever. But uh, I'm interested, nevertheless. I'm interested. And I hope the best for the Frasier reboot, even though I am a bit skeptical, but uh, looking forward to it for sure. Thank you all so, so much for listening to this episode. I've been trying to put them out a little bit more frequently. I'm actually in a podcast class right now, so I'm trying out little little new things for the podcast. So 
Just want to say thank you guys so much, and I love you all. Bye-bye now.